0: Enjoy the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Enjoy ad free listening by going to the Patreon page and please consider contributing even at the producer or sponsorship level. And please leave a review. Thank you for your support. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI Podcast episode, I talk with Richard Metcalf about marrying the disciplines of strategy and leadership in the service of our clients. Richard Metcalf, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast.
1: Jonathan, hi, it's pleasure to be here.
0: Yeah, thank you for joining me. It's evening there outside of Paris, where you're joining us from. And I'm here in Utah uh, in the morning on the 24th of August. It's great to be with you. I'm always excited to talk with colleagues, uh, thought leaders, consultants, organizational leaders from around the globe. And uh, just yesterday, I had a chance to talk with someone in Prague. Um, and today, we get to talk with you in outside of Paris. That's wonderful. And I'm excited for our conversation. Uh, Today, we're going to be exploring the connection between strategy and leadership and how we can marry the two more effectively in the service of our clients. The reality is that uh, leadership should always be connected to strategy, um, but I'm not sure that always happens. And so uh, I think as we explore this together with your tremendous background and expertise, we'll be able to tease out. Uh, some tips for listeners and what they can do to, to be more effective with this as they move forward in, with their own teams. As we get started, I wanted to share Richard's bio with everybody. Richard Metcalf describes himself as what you get if you were to put a McKinsey consultant, a slightly unorthodox pastor, and an entrepreneur into a blender. I love that, by the way, that's, uh, that's tremendous. (laughs) Uh, Richard is an executive coach and leadership consultant to exceptional founders and CEOs and their leadership teams. His clients are elite performers who've already achieved incredible things and still have the ambition to multiply their impact and influence and achieve something that seems impossible right now. After a master's degree at Oxford, where he came Uh, top in his year, Richard started his career in a premier strategy consultancy where he rose to become the youngest ever partner. He then spent 11 years at tech giant Cisco, firstly elevating Cisco's relevance in the C-suite of its Fortune 100 customers before being selected for an elite team to catalyze strategic partnerships and new business models. Richard has advised founders and C-level execs for 20 years from Fortune 100 companies to high growth tech firms. Keen to marry the disciplines of strategy and leadership in service of his clients, he qualified as a senior leadership consultant and executive coach before founding X-Quadrant in 2017. Richard is a binational English and French, uh, lives near Paris, and is happily married and the proud father of two. Again, wonderful to have you. Welcome. Uh, it's a, just a pleasure. Anything else you would like to add by way of your background or personal context before we dive on in?
1: No, no, I'm sure by the end of that, everyone's pretty bored with who I am. So we, we can just dive straight in and get into the meat and and, and serve your audience. That's fine.
0: Oh, never, never. You know, um, <laughs> I, I, I love the conversations that I have on this podcast with so many interesting people around the world. And we we always, you know, focus primarily on the topic at hand for the day. I kind of wish I had like a separate podcast. Just to dive into the history and the stories behind each of these individuals, and yourself included. Um, one one of the things I didn't mention in your bio is that you're you're a pastor. Uh, people may have gathered that from the uh, the hmm. first part of your introduction, the, the joke about the <laughs> the blender. Yeah. But but ultimately, I mean that's amazing the 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 background and uh, kind of the different pieces huh. that you that you pull together i think just really makes for a compelling a narrative around your own career as well as what you you know try to do in helping organizations um so anyways yeah, we don't I need to go into
1: great- i mean perhaps i can give you a bit of a, a some extra color onto that about why i do what i do it might be helpful i mean you you did very good things i suppose um when i was at cisco there came a moment when i kind of sat back and, and thought you know what do i what i really what's the legacy that i want to tell my grandchildren about or great-grandchildren or something right when I'm 90 and they're on my knee and they're asking me about what I did in my life and I realized that telling them that I helped increase AT&T's EBITDA margin by 0.5% or whatever was not the leg you know it was not the whole story I wanted to tell them about I was happy to create results I'm still happy to create financial results with my clients that's that's all good fun and important it's the fuel for for impact and for business and all sorts of things but I realized that um that wasn't the ultimate contribution that I wanted to make and that was really why I started to look back at what are all the different strands in my life um I said one of them was around yeah my yeah my own kind of religious convictions you know and believing that actually we don't get what we want we get who we are and therefore personal transformation has been uh, a thread through my life, you know, through my faith, but also through my desire to be productive and high-performing and, you know, a way of thinking about how do I uh, create my own results, you know, getting, getting my first at Oxford and, and, and getting my, you know, career successes and everything else. That was a key thing. And I realised that that was that personal transformation part and professional transformation is really key. If you want to have an impact as a leader, it's not just... Uh, it's not just about uh, what you want to achieve. It's about how are you going to show up to deliver at a new level? What kind of person yeah. do you want to be? And, uh, you know, my, my, my sister's mentally handicapped. My mum died pretty young uh, from cancer. And so I kind of have that deep-seated realisation that life is not a rehearsal. You know, we do, we get to do it <laughs> once, and we you know, owe it to ourselves to kind of really, if we've got the opportunities to push ourselves right and multiply our impact and make a difference and so that's kind of where what motivates me behind all of this Um, and I think the leadership and strategy you know are two of those key components I mean I would say the third one is purpose right leadership strategy and purpose when you overlap those on a Venn diagram in the middle of that you'll find true impact
0: Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that. And like you said, personal transformation. Now, however people frame that for themselves, Mm -hmm. uh, whether you're a spiritual person, a religious person or not, um, you know, secular humanists can get Mm. behind the idea of personal development, personal transformation. And, and I think that is key, a key component to successful leadership that we foster that within ourselves Um, And then that we foster that amongst our team we create create an environment where everyone can explore, find their genuine, authentic, personal uh, expression and and go through that transformational process so they can become something truly remarkable and contribute not only back to the firm, but contribute to society as a whole, contribute to their families, contribute in just a lot of meaningful ways. So I appreciate the the different types of backgrounds you bring to the table and, and your approach uh, to leadership, uh, and I do think that's a compelling uh, background. All right. With that said, thank you for that. Um, let's let's dive on in a little bit to marrying strategy and leadership. And like you said, purpose is, mm. is the the third mm. leg of the stool. Right. You need all three of those pieces together um, if you're going to drive a sustainable, successful um, organization. Um, how how do you think about the connection between those three? Uh, and where do we often fall short in organizations? I mean, it seems obvious we're talking about it. And I'm sure most people listening and probably most leaders, if you were to poll them, they would say, yes, you need to align strategy and leadership ethic, uh, leadership um, elements. And you always need to connect that with a why and with a greater purpose. I think most people would say that they would acknowledge that yet. It often doesn't happen. Um, so what are your thoughts on that?
1: Well, first of all, let's kind of try and define a few things here, right? What is strategy and what is leadership, right, for a start? And um I suppose I see strategy as a as a lens, you know, a strategy is a lens that focuses things in to a point. And so it's this analogy like between the sun and the sun and the laser, right? You can go out, spend all day under the sun, you might get a nice tan. Um whereas And that's how much billions of watts of energy out there in the sun, right? But it's diffuse. Whereas, you know, you get just a few, I don't know, milliwatts of power from a laser because it's so concentrated, it can cut through steel. And so for me, strategy is that applied to our own life and our own mission it's really filtering out. And I like to say that most people, they don't have a strategy, they have a smattergy. Um, And I'm, you know, I'm as guilty as anybody, you know, it's easy to chase the shiny objects. It's easy to have too many priorities on the plate. You know, it's a constant discipline to focus in and say, what is the top thing to work on right now? You know, what is going to move the needle? Um, what's the investment? Because strategy is also about investment, right so what am I going to invest today what time effort money whatever am I going to invest to get a reward later on so when my clients say that they're stuck in you know, a lot of people say to me oh I'm just I've got too much you know I'm, I'm too stuck in operations I can't I'm not freeing up time for strategy I work a lot with my clients on that at the start of our work together to help them really level up in, in what they're focusing on and uh you know, and and often you know to do that they they need to be thinking, you know, we really need to be looking at what's, you know, what um, what's the investment that you're going to make today that is going to pay off, the, the, have the biggest return in the next week, the next month, the next quarter, the next year, and really get clear about that. So strategy is a lens. Um, and then leadership, I think, and uh, now I've, I've not got the definition right in front of me, but I, I'm really coming to realise that what leadership is, it's about um releasing uh if you like discretionary effort right it's releasing um it's it's influence it's a social process of social influence by which we 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 release people to go further than they have to right because they want to so i think if you're in the realm of um you know if you're not in if you're not in the realm of leadership then sure you can get people to do things you can you know you can deliver tasks and you can you can kind of um lock down systems to make sure that things are getting done but i think you know that you've created leadership when people around you are going above and beyond right where they've bought into the vision
0: yeah, and that's that's the difference between compliance and commitment in organizations. You can right. you can through an authoritarian management style, you can get people uh, to do stuff. You can get them to complete tasks. That's usually some sort of a carrot and stick, fear based kind of an approach. Um, yeah. That's not. A particularly sustainable kind of a, an approach in the long term, um, whereas leadership—it's it, really about fostering commitment. And I, I like how you termed it, social influence, um, that you, that you're trying to to engender commitment, foster commitment, loyalty, and engagement amongst your people to to go above and beyond. Um, you know even what you could conceive of like the greatest leaders yeah. unleash the potential of their people right uh and if i'm unleashing the potential of my people that that means there's probably hidden potential that i i can't even see right i right. i can try i can try to see it i should try to see it uh, but ultimately i need to create the environment where where they feel safe to to do that and where they feel empowered and supported and unleashing their own potential um, so right. i love i love that contrast that you make there
1: Yeah, and it's always goal-orientated. And I think this is where yes, leadership isn't just maximizing efforts, generally, gener- generically, it's about in, in achievement of a mission, which perhaps links into purpose. But if, if you start to think about the relationship between the two, when I'm working with leaders... You know, often they're, you know, many times they're CEOs. Uh, that will often be other C-suite leaders on occasion or, you know, occasionally I'll do programs where there's a more junior set of people. Um, but especially one of the things the CEOs often kind of have to realize is actually, although you're now in the position of, of ultimate power, and this applies to people who aren't CEOs as well. It's just that it's not quite so extreme because, you know, the more higher you rise, the more power you get. But the higher you rise, the more power you have, theoretically, but practically, the less you should use it. And so because, let's say, the ultimate case, you're now the CEO. Congratulations, you've got the big chair. Um, you can pretty much tell anybody what to do in the company. But every time you do that, you're probably stepping on somebody else's. Or a role, somebody else's um, sphere of influence, you know, uh, responsibility, and that's going to create demotivation, uh, and and you're disempowering the, the person. You're signed to you know, do all the micromanagement and everything else, and so the more you do, the less impact you're going to have on the overall business, and it applies at other levels as well. But so, what's the strategic thing to do? Well, it's to set the leadership culture right it's to, it's to um as a ceo as i like to say to ceos well first of all let's have a look at what kind of decisions you're making um well first of all all those functional decisions don't do that's why you have an executive team secondly all those cross functional decisions well you shouldn't be the judge and arbiter between those people you should get those people to actually chat together <laughs> right and come up with solutions that they come to you with perhaps or come to the rest of these execs with uh, and so what else is left well what's left is embodying and championing division um what's left is um taking responsibility for the leadership culture in your organization from your team so you know first of all managing your team um developing your leadership team uh, creating, making sure that they're a model of what you want to see in the business, but then also making sure that they also um, propagate that culture within the other leadership levels in the company. And so I was talking with one client who, and he was thinking about, well, why am I? Why do I want to get involved in M&A? Because although that's like the CEO thing to do, it's a big ticket issue. What is it exactly that I'm required to do? And as we had this conversation, his insight was, oh, you know, yeah, it's not actually, I don't need to do the finance or legal due diligence. I don't need to do that stuff. It's being done. In a sense, I don't even need to worry exactly about the integration plan. That should be my operation officer's role. What I need to do is is safeguard, you know, is this gonna work in terms of the vision of the company, in terms of the leadership culture, we're gonna bring on very senior leaders into our mix. You know, are we are those leaders gonna fit in, you know, do they have the right values? All those are the issues which the CEO needs to be focused on and uh, this applies at other levels in the companies as well but you can see it perhaps most clearly when you start to focus in on this so um strategy the higher you rise becomes less about what you know your own personal uh projects and it becomes about how do i create the environment the greenhouse if you like for everything to yeah
0: yeah yeah i love that and that is that is the challenge uh, and the struggle that I think many executives have, whether, you know, really middle management on up. Um, as, you know, people uh, grow in their roles and they they uh, move up in their career and they have these increasing responsibilities, it's just so incredibly easy uh, for you to feel like, you know, you're in charge because you are the smartest, the brightest, you are the most capable, Mm. you've been the most productive, the most successful in the past. That's why you're in the position you're in. Right. And so there's this kind of, whether, whether that's your intention or not, there's this pride and arrogance associated with that, that I think we actively have to, um, counterbalance, Mm. uh, in our own personal development so that we don't, drink our own Kool-Aid, right. And fall into the trap of thinking we know best. and We haven't figured out because inevitably what ends up happening is that you end up stepping on the people around you, whether that's your intention or not, you may have the purest intentions of wanting to just help, you know, other people with their work. But, but like yeah. you said, that how it's received, how it's perceived from those around you is that you're stepping all over them. You're micromanaging them. Um, you're trying to control, you don't trust them. You don't, you're not empowering them. Um, and that diminishes your influence, your effectiveness as a leader as a whole. Um, and, and so, so absolutely, we need to we need to be able. The the more responsibility we have, the more influence we have, uh, the higher we are in the hierarchy of the organization, uh, the more we have to let go of power and control. The more we have to rely on our people, rely on the expertise of the people on our team. Um, and like you said, that that then leaves. The culture that leaves the kind of broader strategy and purpose that leaves uh, a focus on the environment uh, to make sure that it's healthy, that it's safe, uh, and that people feel like they're in a position to thrive and and go through that transformational process that we talked about earlier. Uh, And I've I've just seen it in so many organizations where I, I, I believe, I truly believe that most leaders don't, they're not just out for power. Like they, they're in, mm-hmm. they're in positions. They want to do well. They want to serve their people. They want to be effective. They want, they, they don't wake up in the morning thinking, how am I going to exert my power over my people today? They, you know, they wake up, they get excited mm. to go to work and to drive right. success for the firm. Um, but, but we don't know any different. We, you know, we kind of, we, we fall into the, the trap of pride and arrogance. Often uh, we, we follow the models that we've seen other people um, present to us that often aren't, terribly effective and then we just perpetuate these you know the fallacies and the thinking the false thinking and and the and the poor behaviors that ultimately undermine our own influence our own ability to effectively lead
1: yeah i I mean i like to say sometimes um stop adding so much value right in other words you you for you you're adding value and yeah it's because it's in your sweet spot and you know what you know you know how to do it but actually I've said you know by adding value, you're probably undermining commitment in the team because it's suddenly your baby, it's not their baby. It's better to have a good. It's better to have a seventy percent good idea with one hundred percent commitment behind it, rather than one hundred percent good idea with seventy percent or fifty yeah. percent commitment behind it. Yeah. Um, and and I think the secret for moving from one to the other, because you're right, leaders want to do the best right they want to they've got a lot of pressures on them lots of goals requirements I, I i think it's being very specific about okay where do i get to where can i make a different choice so i was just on the phone um with a client an hour ago um he's in a senior role in a you know multi-billion dollar tech telecoms giant um uh, at, at a senior at a senior level and we we're talking you know about her team you know and i said you know what you know one thing i need to do is develop the, the the team here um we've been talking about it for a long time we've been working on a lot of projects but I, I feel we keep kind of she was talking more culturally like you know we, we always talk about developing people and we never do it so i put the question to her okay well enough about the culture what about you well how are you going to do to develop, what do they need and we we talked about that and then and i said well what are you going to do about it you know what's the very next opportunity where you have a you have a choice so what, can you know, you said you want to empower them or what, or where can you empower them? What's the, you know, what's some one project, one decision you can make where they get to do something, you know, perhaps it's going to stretch them that you're going to take your hands off the wheel. And we identified it, there was a report due in a month, you know, with senior stakeholders being presented to. It's a great opportunity take that opportunity and you know we we work through what's what's the risk in that you know why would you what might cause you to put your hands on it again and and get involved and mitigate those those ideas but for me you know if we're going to find something if if we have a a high brow theory like i want to be an empowering leader you have to really bring it down to earth immediately and say where does that hit the ground what am i going to do next week to put that into practice
0: yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that. And, and coming back to something you were saying a few minutes ago uh, when you were defining strategy, first of all, I really like your definitions that you provided because they're a little bit um, different than what we typically hear. And I really like the laser focus analogy, um, the the ability to ha- focus and harness hmm. energy. Right. Um, right. I, I think that's a great way to think about whatever the, type of strategy is that we're focusing on. Um, and it, it's a super common problem. I see it all the time. And I see, you know, again, well-intentioned leaders who may even have a lot of other leadership competencies and capabilities, and they're well liked by their people. Mm -hmm. They're, they're fostering and engendering commitment and trust and all those positive things. And yet the ability to focus isn't there. And there, you know, five yeah. years rolling strategic plan, all that kind of stuff that might be in place. But in practice, what really is happening is, is chasing the shiny object, chasing the the low hanging fruit, and just kind of shifting from thing to thing to thing, whatever seems to be the path of least resistance. Yeah. And, yeah, and I, I, I get it. I get it because you're, 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 you're chasing results. You want to show and demonstrate that you're adding value. And so it's super easy to fall victim to the shiny object syndrome. Um, but but that can really derail us from long-term sustainable success if we're just chasing after, you know, whatever seems to be most convenient.
1: Yeah, that's right. And so that's where I really wanna say there's a difference between operation, um, operational stuff and strategic stuff. So for me, operations, it's that whirlwind, it's, it's all the things which are drawing us in uh, that we need to get done. And it's important within that to have some priorities around the big contracts we're trying to chase, the big things we're trying to deliver, whatever but then there's this question about what's the thing which is not going to happen unless you make it happen and just have one thing, which is the, what's the biggest, you know, what's the biggest thing which would make the biggest difference if we have, what, what's the capability we want to build that would be the most impactful in the next quarter or the next year or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And I think when you kind of really focus down into, so I often say just have one strategic project, you know, and that's the one thing that no one's asking you to do. But it's the game changer. I'll give you a really, really, really simple example. When I started at Cisco, uh, obviously it was a big organization and I was yeah, a small fish in a big pond, I guess you'd say, at that point. And um, I finished uh, uh, some client work and I decided to take a day to kind of distill what we'd learned in this quite cutting-edge client engagement, which was all confidential, but kind of extract the publicly... Like extract some insights that could be shared publicly, and um, no one was asking me to do this. And I remember sitting there, uh, pretty much in my home office for a day. I'm an extrovert, so I found it's quite hard doing it just you know in, in the office, room, you know, in a room by myself. Writing a slide, doing some Excel, you know, doing some analysis, some drawing out some kind of generic relationships, some some key thoughts, trying to structure my thinking, building the presentation, building an economic model to justify it, etc. And um, by the end of the day, I was quite worn out, and I was, I thought, why am I, Why am I doing this? Like no one's asked for it. This is not advancing my career. No one's like my boss isn't going to slap me on the back, and you know, no one's going to jump up and down. I'm not shipping it. I'm not going to email it out to anybody this evening. There's all sorts of other things I'm sure I could have done, which might have given me a, you know, easier buzz. But I persevered and I spent another day on it or whatever. I spent a couple of days and I was really like, wow, is this? am I just wasting my time here? But that small piece of work, that extra two days of effort, ended up, you know, going viral within Cisco. It was shared with, you know, all sorts of customers around the world. I was invited to customer meetings to present it. Because it was genuinely new, fresh perspectives that nobody had ever seen before, uh, and that was backed up with real data. But the point—I mean, that's a tiny, tiny, tiny example—but it's yeah. it's quite a nice one because you can just you can just picture it in your head, and um, you know, that kind of very new in Cisco, that kind of put me on the map a little bit. Um, yeah, yeah. Within that within that community, because I was like, oh, this is not what we expect. You know, this is this is. This is great, you know, this is kind of where did this come from? And I often find that when a leader identifies what's the thing that I'm gonna champion and drive that yeah. people aren't asking of me but is gonna make an impact, then that tends to actually outstrip all the stuff we think we're gonna be judged on, like, you know, yeah, of yeah. course we've got to get the, the, the results this week and this quarter and this, you know, this, this year, but are we actually building something else or are we just just delivering the numbers?
0: Yeah, yeah. Excellent example, Richard. This has been a fascinating conversation. I really appreciate all of your insights and the experience that you've shared with listeners. I note the time and I want to get let you get on with your evening there outside of Paris. Uh, but before we close, I just wanted to give you a chance to share with listeners how they can get connected with you, find out more about um, your business, and then give us a final word on the topic for today.
1: Sure. So yeah, so my business is called X-Quadrant. So you can find uh, my business at xquadrant.com. Um, so, yeah, a great place to go if you are, as, as you said at the start, if you're a leader who is looking to get to an, another level uh, that you you know achieved a lot, you want to get further if you're CEO or want to or think like a CEO. And there's plenty of resources there. If you uh, if you're a podcast listener, which you obviously are because you're listening to this, then you might be interested in my podcast called the Impact Multiplier CEO. I do a mixture of sharing my own ideas and also interviewing some impressive tech sector uh, CEOs on what's created their success. So that might be an interesting resource. Uh, and, and the last one is this topic of freeing yourself up for strategic activity is so key. Um, and it's a real pain point for so many people. So I've built a short email course, totally free, um, and, you can, uh, and it just takes you through um, thinking about, well, how am I going to actually get myself out of operations and focused on the strategic things? when I've got all these organizational pressures upon me and I have got results to deliver. And that's got a lot of good feedback. If you're interested, you just go to xquadrant.com slash go slash productivity. And you can find the details for that there.
0: Wonderful. Thank you, Richard. It again, has been a, just a pleasure. I'm, I really appreciate your time uh, and the knowledge you've shared with listeners today. I hope. Everyone will reach out, get connected with Richard, find out more about what he and his team can do for you. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. Do you enjoy the Human Capital Innovations Podcast? Enjoy ad-free listening by going to the Patreon page. And please consider contributing even at the producer or sponsorship level. And please leave a review.